on today on Behind the Bowtie Podcast, we have boxer, former alum, Adam State Grizzly, Frankie Sanchez. Thank you so much, buddy, for being on the podcast. Greatly no appreciate problem. you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. No, absolutely. We go way back many years and no other person that I would want to have on here talking about being an entrepreneur, being a boxer, and just kind of how your life has developed since the 10 to 15 years since we've been in touch with each other. So I appreciate it again. Hey, not a problem. What, what inspired you to be a boxer? You know, I was born and raised here in Colorado. My family's from Southern Colorado, which was one of the oldest towns or the oldest town in Colorado, San Luis, Colorado. My grandfather, um, Phil, Filomeno Sanchez was a, uh, he was a 1942 a Southern Pacific boxing champion in the Army. Um, he later turned professional. Um, after his professional career, he actually graduated from Adams State. So kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps. Um, when I was a kid, he brought over a pair of boxing gloves and an old, um, old bowling slash duffel bag and had me and my brother put the gloves on and go at it. So um, since that day, I kind of loved the sport. Um, you know, I, I couldn't say I was really aggressive as a child. Maybe I was a little quiet, um, you know, growing up my first five years. But after that, I think it just showed me that, um, you know, boxing is a tough sport and um, the training that he put me through um, inspired me to just uh, keep getting better and better, not just in boxing, but in education and also now in a business career. So um, I think it's just the love, the love that I had to watch my grandfather train me that really, uh, really got me to uh, get motivated and become a boxer. No, that's great for you sharing that. Did boxing, um, you kind of alluded to this too teach you life lessons to be a successful um, prof uh, entrepreneur, professional father, so on and so forth in life? I think it did. Um, and I think that that's why I encourage children these days to get into sports, get into athletics. Um, it just teaches you, uh, you know, that not everything in life is easy. And in boxing, I mean, you can punch, but you're also going to get punched back. So, um, you know, just the discipline, the training aspect of it. I mean, there was times where, you know, I was only in seventh grade when I started boxing where I'd have to get up at four or five in the morning before my dad went to work and run two or three miles. Um, and then I remember, I tell my friends this all the time. I remember in high school, um, I would have to take an RTD bus after our wrestling practice at Aurora gateway high school, where I went to high school and take an uh, RTD bus all the way to downtown 20th street, um, boxing gym. Um, that take an hour ride there. Then my dad would pick me up after he got out of work and then I'd come home, run in the morning, do the same thing all week long. But in order to be at the level that I was, um, in boxing, I had to do that. So it just showed me as a child that, you know, if you want something um, in life, you got to go after it. It's not going to be easy. And that's, that's what boxing did for me, I believe, is that it just showed me that hard work, dedication, sacrifice can get you um, through a lot of things and it, it could get you to your end goals. And I think you hit the nail on the head right there. Discipline, hard work, sacrifice, that leads us for bigger and better things throughout life, whatever that may be. And when an opposite obstacle may come through our professional life, personal life, we, we can accomplish that with yeah, just definitely. having that motivation in your, in our head. So yep, definitely. I agree. No, that is awesome. What were some of the most memorable moments of being a professional boxer throughout your career there, Frankie? Yeah, I've had a lot of, I had a lot of um, memories. I mean, so many, so many great memories. I can tell you that one, one special thing that who much, pretty much everyone knows is meeting Muhammad Ali. Um, I fought for a, a North American NABA uh, championship on pay-per-view in Biloxi, Mississippi. Um, I believe it was in 2004, 2005, uh, before the hurricanes came and destroyed it. But um, 
Layla Ali, um, his daughter, was the main event, and um, I was on the undercard, and I fought a, a kid out of Jamaica, Chris Smith, who had, was the champ. And um, having Muhammad Ali watch me in the front row was just total honor. Um, and, um, you know, he, of course, he was there for his daughter, Layla. But, um, you know, at the end of the fight, um, you know, in the locker rooms, he signed a medal for my mom in front of me. It was, uh, it was a gold medal with his um, um, picture on it, and he signed the ribbon signed the back of my um, lantern for my uh, pass to get into the fights. So that was just great, just meeting a legend like that. He's an ambassador of the sport. Uh, guy's a legend, not just in boxing, but in world peace and trying to, you know, trying to show people that uh, we can all get along. So uh, meeting him there, and then um, years later, um, I didn't get a picture with him that time. We just had a video of him. Um, I was doing a um, fundraiser in Oxnard, California, and I was at the airport, and I ran into him. He was in a wheelchair, and the Parkinson's had already kicked in with that, but um, – I went up to his male, he had a male nurse, and I asked him if I could take a picture. He said, no, Muhammad Ali's not taking pictures this time. So um, about 20 minutes later, I seen a crowd going around him, and the male nurse actually came up to me, grabbed me, and said, hey, Muhammad Ali said it's okay for you to take a picture with him. So I got a picture with him, probably the best picture I've had of anyone in my life, probably the biggest celebrity, biggest, uh, I mean, biggest actor, biggest whatever you want to call him um, that I've ever met. So that was that was one of the best highlights. I mean, but there's so many um, – you know, traveling across the world. I've traveled to England. Um, I traveled to China to teach uh, some of the Chinese uh, future Olympians boxing. Um, I've traveled to uh, Canada. I've met so many celebrities, Conor McGregor. Um, I've got to meet Henry Cejudo. I've got to meet so many great people in this sport that um, boxing has really opened the doors for me, uh, also for my business. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, one, one in particular gentleman who I'm still friends with now, uh, he's a founder of Remax. His name is Dave Lineker. I'm not sure if you've heard of Remax, but it's the world's largest real estate company. I have, and, uh, absolutely. Just a great man. He's what I would call my uh, mentor. And um, he actually flew me in his private jet to England for a fundraiser uh, three years ago uh, to go out there and raise some money uh, for the fire department out there and um, in England. And uh, it's Newcastle, England, where we were at. And just to be in a jet like the one that he owns and uh, just to – just to listen to his words of encouragement, his, his words of business, um, advice on life, adv advice on how to treat people. Um, it, it's amazing. So I'm, I, I can say I'm very fortunate. Boxing and the sport of mixed martial arts has just opened the doors for me. And, and it's why I believe that, you know, I've, I've done so well with training others and giving back to the community because um, it's people like that that inspired me. So, yeah, to answer your question, there's too many to count, but those are a few. And then just meeting many great people, helping um, helping kids, you know, when you teach a kid when he's seven years old and he comes back to you 10 years later telling you that, uh, you know, because of you, he got out of gangs or, you know, he went to college because of you, that, that's the most, that's the most rewarding thing. I think that, that I've got out of boxing and, and I still do it now. I just got done training one of my good friends, um, little boys, he's only in second grade and we just brought him down to our basement and trained him a little bit to give him a little bit more. Um, he needs a little bit more, um, motivation to stay in sports and uh, just to kind of kind of give him a little bit more spark in, in his um, in his play I guess is what you want to call it so um, yeah just um, just helping people and helping the community and giving back I think is what I've gotten out of boxing the coolest thing I, I, I grabbed away from there is just making a difference of being a servant to the future of the sport and just being a great person and I know since the first day I met you and everything Frankie you really inspired me and hearing the whole month Muhammad Ali and I actually saw when you took that photo with him because you mentioned he was in the wheelchair and I think um, with your story give or take maybe you ran over someone's foot or something and then they pulled you aside to take that photo and what Muhammad Ali 
and like you mentioned, Henry Sacedo and so many other people have done for the sport has been great. But give credit to yourself and a pat on the back because you go about taking care of others around you to making this a better world. And I think boxing has repaid you in doing that as well. So I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. It really does. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, how would, how was the experience of being on the UFC ultimate fighter? I actually enjoy watching that show. With <laughs> yeah, it was a dream come true, you know, so a little bit of history. Me and Henry, um, you know, Henry was, uh, in my opinion, he's going to go down as the greatest in the sport of mixed martial arts. I mean, he was an Olympic champion, two-time world champion. Yeah. He contacted me before the Olympics in 2008 because I was doing some promoting at the time. Um, and we did a fundraiser for him. So I hosted a fundraiser raised some money for his family. He came from a very poor family in um, Arizona, originally from East Los, uh, East Los Angeles, California. But um, I raised some money for him, and um, he got to take his brother and a few uh, his sisters over there uh, for the Olympics. So since after that, I told him, hey, you don't owe me anything. All I want you to do is uh, travel with me after the Olympics. Um, I told him after you win the gold medal. So I had faith he was going to win the gold medal. That's um, great. And I said, I said um, you know, just let's travel across the country and give motivational speeches and camps to low-income children. And we did that. We did that for almost two and a half years right after the Olympics. We traveled all across the country, went to my old alumni in Alamosa, Adam State. Go we Grizz. We did fundraisers down there. Yep, we did fundraisers. We did camps. And then during that time, though, I told Henry, hey, you might want to think about learning boxing because I think MMA is going to um, you know, grow and they're going to have lighter weight classes because he was only 125 at the time, 125 pounds. So he did. We, we trained in basements we were at. We trained in my garage. And lo and behold, uh, you know, a few years later, he becomes um, one of the best athletes ever to compete in the UFC. So um, traveling with him, training um, at the uh, at the facility in Las Vegas, meeting some great fighters from around the world, uh, ran into Conor McGregor, got to talk with him, and um, you know, N uh, Nate Diaz, these guys, all mm -hmm. all the uh, all the top guys in the sport right now. I've met a lot of these guys, and um, just being able to to be a coach in the UFC is just like any young kid who plays football wanting to compete in you know, one day in the NFL. So it was a dream come true. And I learned a lot and not just that made a lot of good connections. Um, I have friends all over the world now from Brazil to, um, I mean, to Germany, China that are competing in the UFC. So it's great to have these connections and I'm all about networking and I've always been taught network as much as you can be a friend with everyone because you never know um, if you need something, you know, they could possibly be there for you or help you out and get your foot in the door somewhere. So that's why I've always been such a good networker. And um, that's what the UFC brought to me. So I'm still very big with the UFC. Um, I like to um, go to as many events as I can and um, cheer on as many of the guys um, still in the UFC that I've worked with. But um, yeah, it's been an honor and um, I've learned so much from the UFC. And as you, as you know, it's the fastest growing sport in the world and there's, there's some great athletes. And um, yeah, it's, it's opened a lot of doors for some of these, um, some of these fighters. I definitely agree with that statement. And I really think with like Dana White, like you mentioned, you are definitely a great networking person because I see that all the time on your social media accounts. But Dana White on how he's blown up that sport within the last 10 to 15 years. Talk about grinding a work ethic. Oh my gosh. Guys, unbelievable, I think in my mind. Billions. I mean, he, you know, he, he's, um, they, they just bought that company for billion, uh, I think it was a billion dollars, which is huge. And it's crazy. It's crazy to think that, you know, I don't, um, you know, like I was telling you, we go to, we go to all these motivational speeches. And, and one thing I've learned because my friend Dave Linegar from Remax and uh, is, is a billionaire with a B and he, mm -hmm. he makes that public. He lets them know. And um, one thing that he taught me that I, I just want to say on your podcast before I forget is that 
I tell kids this all the time because it seriously, it changed my life. It made me work a little bit harder. It made me, made me not just settle to be ever want to be a millionaire, but maybe a billionaire because with the billionaire, I can probably give more back to the community, more back to people. But he, he asked me this, he told me this question when he, he said, um, he said, you know, if I gave you, um, if I gave you $1 million in $1 bills, how long would it take you to count that? So I'm going to ask you that. You might know this. I'm not sure. But if I was to give you $1 million in $1 bills and you were to just do it nonstop, how long do you think that would take you to count? Take me a long time. Like, could you guess? I, I can even guess off the top of my head right now. Okay. So if I gave you a $1 million in $1 bills and you were to count them nonstop, don't take a break, don't, don't eat, don't do anything, it'd take you 12 straight days. Holy buckets. $1 million, right? Yeah. Now, he said the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire is this. If I gave you $1 billion in $1 bills, how long would it take you? And I guessed. I said, I don't know, 20 days? He says, incorrect. It would take you 33 years straight to count $1 billion. So that's the difference between a millionaire and a billionaire. A millionaire would take you 12 days and a billionaire 33 years straight nonstop. No so that way. just goes to show you the money. Do the math when you're done here. You'll be surprised. <laughs> but that made me open my eyes to realize that, you know, you can work hard. And if he can do it, why can't I? You know, why can't you? There's, there's possibilities out there. So, um, yeah, but that just shows you the difference in money in the world. And don't get me wrong. The world's not about money. But I'm just in, – in that case, for, for um, business-wise and for education, I loved it. And I, I think about that every day. I really do. 33 years and 12, year, uh, 12 days. And, and I think this too, as an entrepreneur, as a salesperson is the main thing you do what you do because you care about taking care of people at the end of the day, servicing those people. But when, when you service those people and they take care of you, so on and so forth, that gives you the ability to give back to the community and whatever that is on leaving a legacy. And I mentioned that numerous times and I always think about it when I leave this world at the end of the day, I want to leave a legacy. I don't know what that looks like right now, but if that's a foundation or a scholarship, whatever that may be, I want to make this place a better world than the way I came into it. You know, if I can do one person, and I think you're doing a great job with that, coaching these kids and giving them a positive role model. So, you know, I like your philosophy there. And I, and I want to give you one last thing that Dave Linegar, and I want you to research him when you can. He I told me this, and, and, and one of his motivational speeches, which you don't give a lot. Um, and if you do, you have to be, you know, maybe in a big corporation to be there, but, and, and I like what you just said there, and it's this. He says, you know, on everybody's tombstone when they die, there's a date of birth and a date of death. In the middle is a dash, correct? He goes, when I die, I want people to remember how I live my dash. So you should think the same thing. Mm -hmm. you, have a, you have a date of birth and a date of death. And he told us before we left the conference, how did you live your dash? And that's what you said with your legacy, and that's what I want to do. Because, you know, unfortunately, we all have a birth date and we all have a death date. We do some sooner than later. So it's um, and just like you said, my dash, I want to leave with being remembered as a person who gave back to others and um, you know, who left a good legacy. My legacy, I want to um, just know with, with our food truck business, we try to feed the homeless. We try to feed low income families with boxing. I don't, I don't charge people, um, you know, um, to learn, you know, I, I try to do that on my free, uh, free time. I coach wrestling since I was out of high school for almost 30 years for free, you know, um, you know, this last year I coached my son. I actually had to pay. I was a volunteer assistant, but I loved it. I, you know, my, my knees are beat up. My ears are hurting. My face is beat up. But uh, it, it's all about helping these kids and, and teaching them something that they can, um, they can pass on to future generations. So 
Uh, and that's why I do it. I don't do it for the popularity. I don't do it for an award. I don't do it for a ribbon. I do it because I love giving back. And um, I think it's helped. And now it's good to see. And you earlier, you, you met my son. He was down there coaching today because I said, hey, all I ask is that you coach others too, like I coached you, and pass on what I taught to you to them. Because you're going to die. You're going to die someday. And you, you, can't, you can't take everything with you. So leave something for others to have and to learn, right? That's my philosophy. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of like that philosophy, what you mentioned yourself and even what Dave Lindiger said in, in between. What, what, what did you do in between that time? Yep. And that goes to another motivational speaker that I've had the opportunity to uh, meet twice, Jesse Eisler. He's uh, mid-50s, and he said, last time I saw him speak, it was about a year ago here in Sioux Falls. He said, I'm 55. If I lived at my dad's age, which is 90, that means I only have about 45 more Christmases, 45 more Thanksgivings, 45 more summers to enjoy. And when you put things into perspective, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get my butt moving on making an impact. <laughs> sure, sure. But you're doing a great job of what you're doing now. So keep oh. it up. I encourage you. Hey, you as well. No, that's awesome. Um, what makes UFC, MMA, and boxing different? I honestly don't know the answer to this. So I'm going to you, the professional, on this. So, you know, I've, I heard this years ago when I was younger. It's that um, it's a curiosity everyone has, no matter what. It's like when you're driving down the highway and you see an accident on the side of the road, you don't just drive. Everyone slows down to look over to see what happened, right? They do. It's that curiosity. It's, it's, um, it's the love of it. I mean, you know, it's, it's the oldest sport. I mean, wrestling and combat sports is one of the oldest sports from the Olympics, you know, when the Romans used mm -hmm. to get together and they used to collide. So, um, and, and now because, it, you know, many people thought of the sports of boxing and uh, wrestling and even mixed martial arts as the uh, barbaric sports or, you know, the gruesome blood sports. And it's not that anymore. Now, now I think more people are starting to realize that it's really mixed martial arts. You've got the karates, the jiu-jitsus, taekwondos, judo, boxing, uh, wrestling, all that stuff. Um, it's not like it used to be before. You know, you used to just get two guys, throw them in the cage, tough guys, and you go at it. Well, those guys no longer can make it in this sport. You have to be well-rounded. You have to be disciplined. A lot of these fighters these days are training eight to nine hours a day, or it's their full-time job. So um, very rarely do you see a fighter who just, you know, has a full-time job and just trains uh, maybe, you know, two hours a day. It's a full-time job. you got to be very disciplined. You're getting world-class athletes who are Olympic champions in either judo, jiu-jitsu, or whatever sport, and they're crossing over to Muay Thai. They're crossing over to wrestling. So they're learning it all. So it's basically, as they say, bigger, faster, stronger. These athletes are unreal these days. Um, they're doing scientific training. They're having, they have nutritionists. They have, um, you know, in the morning, they'll run. And, and do jujitsu in the afternoon, they'll go boxing at night, they'll do something else. So um, world-class athletes. Now these, these athletes are definitely bigger, faster, and stronger. And I think science has really helped out with that. The scientific training that they do um, has helped out with that. So um, people love it. You know, it's, it's a great sport and um, you know, it's almost, I hate to say this, but it's almost like a WWE. Now they're doing interviews. They're doing pre-fight, um, you know, ultimate fighter TV shows. Um, mm -hmm. They're following before and after the fight. So, uh, people really, really like that kind of um, reality, uh, reality TV. So um, that's helped out a lot. Dana White's definitely done a great job with that. And, I, and I've met Dana a lot at, um, during Ultimate Fighter and, you know, at these shows. And he's just a great guy, a um, really good businessman. And he's taken that, that uh, million-dollar company to the billion-dollar uh, level now. So he's doing a great job. But I think just people's curiosity to, uh, to see a fight, I mean, you know, and, and um, now that they know that how skilled these fighters are, it really, really uh, sparks their interest. So um, – They've done a great job, and I think it's going to continue, and I really think the sport is going to get bigger. And, uh, you know, boxing will be boxing always. 
But yeah. um, UFC MMA is 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 huge, and it's gonna it's gonna keep growing in in my opinion. Um, the time, the effort, and training um, that goes into both boxing, MMA, and UFC um, is that about the same laid out for one of those professional athletes, or or is it less than one, or so on and so forth? You know that that's that's the um, that's a big question. It's it's what does it take to be at that level? So um, I think in order to be, let's say, a UFC champion. You got to be training eight to ten hours a day. You got to live that life um, full time. Um, but yeah, I think they know there's different levels to it. Okay, there's these other. You know, they ask what's the difference between Bellator, um, you know, the local fight shows in the UFC. Well, it's just like basically doing high school to college to um, NCAA Division One, Two, II, and Three, and then to the Olympic level to the World Championship level. So there's a lot of levels to this sport, and um, unless you're at that level. You're never going to compete at that. Some of these smaller gyms that don't ever have any UFC champions or people who compete in the UFC, they'll never be able to get a fighter up to that level because they don't know how to train at that level. You know, so um, you have to have if you're the, if you're what I tell people if you're the if you're the toughest person in the room, you're only going to compete at that level. You always got to have someone above you to to reach that point. So um, we try to do that. We try to travel to Henry's gym down in um, Arizona. We try to travel all across the country. We just got back from uh, Mayweather's gym in um, Vegas. So I try to take my son, my fighters to the gyms to, to let them know that, Hey, we can compete at this level and um, we got, you got to go there. So, you know, if, if you want, if you want a great education, you got to go to some of the best schools that have the education that you're looking for. So um, yeah, you got to compete at that. But again, it's um, yeah, there's really no one written plan. You got to find it. And that's, that's the, the tough part about the sport is you got to find the best coach for you and you got to find the best trainers for you if you want to make it. And the one thing I thought was really cool with what you said there too, Frankie, is like the kids that you train, you've been there, you take them to where the great competition is. And that's why your son and others have thrived to be very successful and reach their highest level on being a gold medal winner in the Olympics or being a champion. It's just surrounding yourself with people as good as you or even better than you to challenge you to get to the next stop. So you're, you're exactly right. I tell the kids all the time, me and my son were just talking about this the other night. I said, if you surround yourself with five millionaires, you'll be the six millionaire. If you find, if you surround yourself with 10 kids who are not motivated, you might be the 11th one who's not motivated. So you got to surround yourself with good people. You got to, we call it getting on the same bus. You got to have people on a bus with you who you want to be like you, like-minded, you know, business people, you got to surround yourself with good business people. Um, you know, it, it, that's all there is to it. If you, if you want to, if you want to surround yourself with five drug addicts, guess what? You have a good chance of being the sixth one. So be careful who you surround yourself with and, um, you know, just live a good life and, and, and positive things will happen to you. Um, if you believe in, and then you work hard, that that's, it's simple. It's that simple. It is that simple. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel every single day, that I, that I wake up and I'm like, if I want to be a better Christian or a better businessman, you want to surround yourself with the, those people that are good Christians in, in your, in your life. If you want to be a better businessman, you want to surround yourself with the businessman. If you don't want to surround them, you're still going to have the same results every single day, every single month, every year, you're not going to grow. You're, so you're right. And, and learning and it's free advice. Most of most people who you surround yourself with are in good positions they're going to give you advice. Take that advice for free. I mean, you know, there's, um, there's people who, who basically charge for that advice and, you know, um, and I give special thanks to the internet because you can find a lot of good motivational, um, podcasts like yours or, you know, other podcasts or just other motivational videos that can help you out with, um, with things. So, um, it's free. And when you, you know, when you and I were kids, we didn't have this kind of stuff to where you can look on the internet. Now it's, it's great that, you know, you can, you can build careers on the internet. People have made mm -hmm. millions of dollars on the internet. So, 
Um, but yeah, but having people like that in, in real life, the Dave Linegers, your friends who you know, your motivational people who you like um, is, is priceless. So take it with a grain of salt and, and use it. Take it, take it to your advantage and um, use it. it. It definitely will help out. It definitely will. Surrounding yourself, like Frankie said, to our listeners and viewers around successful people that want to build you up, that want to see you reach the next step. And oh my gosh, everything else will be endless, legitimately. So, and then Pat, what, once you get to that next level, pass that along to the next generation, help them out, assist them, give back where you, where you started. So always, I agree with that hundred percent. And I'm a firm believer in karma. And that seems like, um, the more, the more we do as, uh, in life, trying to be help someone out, it comes back to you, believe it or not. I can name 50, 50 things that that's helping to me you know, and it's, it's not that I expect it always, always try to give back in some way, but don't always expect it, but you'll find if, if you do good things, good things will happen to you, whether that be just, I don't know, helping a lady with her groceries to the car. I mean, I don't know, giving someone a, a little bit of cash when they ask for it. I mean, no judging. And I, I don't like to try to judge people because I don't know the situation they've been in. So I try to help out as much as I can, but believe me as if, if you can, if I can give any, tell anything or motivate you to do anything, just be a good person and uh, you know, help others when you can. Um, if you're in that spot that you can do it because um, you know, it goes a long way. Just a, just a smile, just a handshake. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just a quick phone call to someone can really, can really uh, change someone's life. So um, yeah, just, just being a good person and, and just going out there and living each day to the fullest and, and always giving thanks to the man upstairs. That's, that's what I think motivates me every day is just, just going out there knowing that I can inspire someone to, to live another day if I'm just a good person that day. Exactly. And um, I don't think a lot of people know this. We started this podcast a year and a half ago when the pandemic started. And the main reason why we started it was because with everything going on, there was so much negativity and worry and things like that. It was like, we got to put something on that's positive. And where I want to transition with this is with your food truck, you, like you mentioned, you guys give free meals, you take care of folks. Have you had some inspiring stories uh, that you've heard from folks that you gave a meal to, or you blast, or you helped out throughout the lifetime of the food truck there, Frankie? You know, I have, and I'm not, not tons of them, but I mean, we know we do. So um, we yeah. used to give down, um, I, I basically take credit for this. Um, we started a thing down uh, feeding the homeless on Christmas days down at the Denver rescue mission. And, uh, and that, that this was about nine, 10 years ago, we started it to where we would go and whatever little food we have, sometimes we'd only have enough for a hundred people, but we'd go out there. I'd make um, soup. I'd make whatever I could um, burritos and hand out and um, it started growing from there nowadays you can't even get down there without requesting a spot from the rescue mission which which i'm grateful for um, mm -hmm. we don't go down there right now because there's so, it's kind of like an overflow a little bit and causes traffic problems but uh hey sure. thank god that happened so i, I think them, them just seeing me i think i was on the news um like channel four news years ago people saw that and they started doing other food trucks so hey again it's a snowball effect and that's great for them because now these people are getting fed um and it's uh it's an honor for me to see that. So um, I remember going down there and um, it, some of the homeless people were honking there are, are honking, were uh, waving. And one of them had a little bike with a little horn on it was honking it and just waving to us, just saying, hey, we're waiting for <laughs> you to come back. So that, that was awesome to see, um, you know, being able to uh, people, people would also bring clothing for us, um, give kids clothing. I mean, shoes, little things, socks were a big thing. Gloves were a big thing. So that was huge for us. But um, yeah, just, uh, you know, people, people will tell me on, um, some of the kids who used to work for me, I have a lot of uh, high school uh, kids that work for me. Just, hey, you know, because because I work for you, I got this job up in college, you know, because I, I let them know that I was cashier for you for these days. So just little <laughs> things like that help you out. Um, or, you know, hey, 
after I worked for you, your food truck for, for the summer, now I know how to cook my own nachos and tacos and meat and all that. So stuff like that, it really, it really hits home because it shows you just the little things you, you um, teach them can affect them in life and it can help them and help them get over some obstacles that they come over. But uh, yeah, that's, that's some kind of inspiring stories that I had and that have, keeps me motivated to keep going with, with the giving back to the communities and things like that. But uh, yeah, it's good. It's good when uh, people definitely give you good feedback. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The small things and just giving those life lessons and what you guys do about showing up. I think that goes to boxing it just life in general is just showing up. And if you're present and everything, people feed off that and they know that you're leaving positive energy and being a good role model. They, they feed off that. They want to be surrounded around you. So big kudos to you guys on what you guys are doing with there. So I love following your Facebook feed on that. So I appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, with the Olympics just finishing up a few months ago, you had the honor of training gold medal winner, Henry Sacedo. How, how was that opportunity? Amazing. I mean, it, it, he taught me a lot. I taught him a lot. Um, he was who I would call someone that I mentored. You know, uh, he never really had a father figure when he grew up. He grew up really poor, single parent mom. He actually lived in a, uh, in a, uh, inside a junkyard, inside an old abandoned uh, trailer. So mm. that shows you how poor he was. But yeah. and now he's doing very, very, very successful. Um, he's about to have his first child. He's uh, going to get married. He lives in Arizona and he's doing a big podcast now with Mike Tyson, which is huge. Oh, that and, is cool. Uh, so it's, um, it's called hot boxing, but he's doing great. So, um, just to know that, you know, I inspired him maybe to, to, um, go in the area that he's in now in the direction of business and, and, uh, help him a little bit through his MMA career. It was just amazing. And just, you know, he, he definitely took me around with him to many different places across, across the country. And, um, it, it was great to be there and in the presence of someone like that. And um, just to know that it's a rags to riches story and he mm -hmm. still gives back a lot to the community. So I'm very thankful for that and just a great person. And I wish him and his family nothing but success. So, um, yeah, great experience. And it, it's, it's taught me a lot. And not only that, um, watching an Olympic champion, a world champion, UFC two-time champion like him train, mm -hmm. I get those ideas and I, I teach them to my kids, uh, my students and my son. So, um, you know, it's a win-win for all of us. And, um, it's great that I can give back and uh, that he's giving back. And he definitely taught me a lot. That, that is cool to be surrounded by someone like that, but be surrounded by yourself as well. And you guys fed off of each other. You, you took positives, he took positives and it was like a win-win for everyone. Yep. He won a definitely gold medal. You, you took training sessions to help out your son, Henry Coco Sanchez Jr., which is being really successful. And I wanted to talk about that. That was awesome that he won his first professional fight i got to watch it on facebook in uh, sioux falls here and my wife's like oh my gosh you're so loud downstairs i go he knocked him <laughs> out they stopped the match and, yeah. and i was like the guy that he fought was like half his or you know my, about my age way now i'm aging myself on the podcast which is okay but yeah that was a big win can you can you talk about a little bit about your son and on how sure. that transpired yeah, so, so uh, frankie jr is um he's only 17 years old but you know, we've groomed him since he was a kid. He, his, one of his inspirations is Henry, and I used to take him to Henry's. I mean, he watched Henry grow up since 2008. I think, I think my son was only five, six years, maybe at the time, but um, we watched him. So I would take him. I said, watch this kid because just by watching someone, you can definitely learn, and he did. We'd take him to his training camps, uh, take him to visit in his house in Arizona, and we learned and watched him. So um, at the age of 17, I said, hey, listen, you've had three amateur fights. You're 3-0. and I think it's time to turn you pro. I want you to make money in this sport, uh, build up a good name, and then I want you to get out 
and go into business. So my son actually was a great wrestler. He gave up a few scholarship offers to go um, and make make a full-time career in boxing and um, eventually MMA, which he'll go into um, when he gets a little bigger in weight. But uh, I think, um, well, like you said, just the experience that I've had from traveling all over the world with the top and the best athletes in the world, I've learned that, and that's what I've taught to him. So I'm grooming him to hopefully become a world champion. And if not, at least, you know, be, be a good fighter, make some money for himself, put it away so he can pay for his education. Yeah. And um, that's mainly it. And then also get back and what he's already doing, which I was very proud of for him to do today was his actually first training session where he trained, um, you know, a second grader, uh, ninth grader and a girl who's already in her thirties. So, um, you know, he's, he's doing that, learning that stuff. And it's, it's all about the learning. It's not just about boxing. It's about being a business person and also yeah. giving back. So, um, and that's what I'm trying to teach him. If, if you could teach these kids these days that, um, it's not always about the money. It's about the love of the sport, love about teaching and also giving back then, then we've already won. So, um, yeah. but if he can make a little money and while doing it more power to him too. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, so I think he's got a good career. His next fight's coming up on, uh, October 29th here at the Stampede here in Aurora. And um, yeah, from there on, we'll, we'll see where it goes. But hopefully you'll see him on pay-per-view one day, maybe fighting on the undercard of uh, one of the one of the uh, Conor McGregor or even the Henry Cejudo fights. I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, someday we hope that, that he makes it. But if not, hey, it's, it's, been, it's, it's, it's been an honor for me to train my own son and spend as much time with him as I do. So um, life is short. We got to enjoy every day. And, and I, I don't regret anything um, so far. And I enjoy the time that I spend with my family. And that, that's such a blessing. I bet that's cool to have an honor of coaching your son, but just getting to see him grow up, but being successful and doing it and then giving back, like you just mentioned to those two fighters and everything and training them and seeing them. And yeah, big kudos on being inspiring and being you and Coco Jr. I, I can't wait to see the next match and everything. And hopefully one day I could come out to see a match live with you guys. So. You're welcome anytime. You're definitely welcome anytime. Awesome. We've been having MMA fights here in Sioux Falls at the Pentagon. So um, next time there's a few live fights, I'll, I'll send you guys some links. I'd definitely love to have you guys come and visit up here. So Hey, we'd love to come out. We definitely would love to come out. So, man, you're, you're an inspiration to me, Frankie. This is an honor. Former Adam State alum, but overall just a great human being. So thank you so much. Anything you would want to share with the listeners um, that are following us? Um, just any final words? You know, just just for one, I'm proud of you, what you're doing, and I encourage you to keep doing it um, as a business side of it. Keep grinding. Um, nothing's easy. You're going to come through a lot of obstacles. But, hey, like I said, uh, you know, just just keep grinding. Don't stop. Um, if one door shuts, another one will open. Be kind. Karma will karma will help you out. So in business, in life, be a good person, and good stuff will happen to you. And for your listeners, you know what? It, 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 we, we're living in a tough time now. Um, we are. You know, with all the immigration, with all – all the, um, you know, there's a war on drugs going on. There's a war on homelessness, but you just got to stay positive. I like what you said um, earlier is that um, in all the negativity, try to find something positive. And um, that's what I do every day. Try to encourage someone. If you're having a bad day, guess what? Put a smile on because a wave to somebody, just a quick handshake to somebody goes a long ways. You don't know the lives that you've, that you've changed. And uh, it's kind of crazy because I, once in a while I'll get messages and I have them saved. People saying, hey, because of your positive um, quote that you put online, you know, it, it saved my life. I was thinking about committing suicide. And I've had about four of those in the last five years, believe it or oh, not. Just, just little positive things that I put up, um, um, you know, and um, I encourage you just to be a good person because, again, you don't know. You don't know what people are going through. And um, just be positive in this negative world. Um, stuff's going to get better. And, you know, um, you know, with COVID, things like that going on, just, try, just 
just try to do your best to be as safe as you can and to help others. That's, that's all I encourage. But um, with your podcast, I wish you nothing but success. And um, we hope to get it out there once, once you post the link. Hope you get a lot of peace, people listening to it. So um, just keep grinding, man. Uh, from one Adam State alumni to another, I'm proud of you. And keep going. And um, I'm looking for big things for you. Hey, thanks, Frankie. No, same here. You inspire me. I'm proud of you. You're a role model, seriously, in my life as well. And um, the biggest thing that I think I challenge everyone for listening here, that you've heard Frankie and I conversate back for the last 45 minutes to an hour, is go out of your way, smile to someone, help out, whatever that may be, and you may not even know what that result will be on the other end. But guess what? You made a positive difference in this world. So that's the way I want to end it. And thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. And we should do this again, if you don't mind. Anytime. Anytime, man. Thanks a lot. You guys have a great week. Be safe. Hey, you do the same. Keep inspiring. Thanks, Frankie. Be safe, man. Thank you. Take care.